You're listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing with Andrew Logan. This podcast is your step-by-step guide to building and growing your own business and creating passive investment vehicles. If you crave legacy, wealth, and freedom, keep listening. Hello and welcome to The Way Out Podcast. Andrew Logan here. Great to be with you for another episode, episode 136. It is Thursday morning here in Australia. Hope you are having a great week wherever you are in the world and great to be here as always chatting to you on the podcast. Now, today I want to talk about how do we get more yeses and fewer no's in our business because you know, the no suck. Like obviously the, the yeses are great and the yeses we want to celebrate because that means a new person is interested, a new person is joining. There's, you know, they're starting the process of becoming a customer, a team member, an associate, a distributor, however they come in, etc. And now we also know the no's can suck. Now we do know, and we talked about it a little bit, you know, with the objections in the last podcast episode that there's value in the nose. There's a learning process in the nose that we can experience the nose. And from that, you know, deliver our offer a bit differently. We can look at what we're saying and also who we're saying it to and making sure that we're saying better stuff to people who are more open to the solution that we have. So a mentor of mine and someone, again, the mentor who's now become a good friend, he always says, you know, the yes has built my business, the no built my character. You know, like the, and he's got a, like, like he's a, you know, he'd be up to, I think last time we spoke, it was like 80 or 90 million cumulative. Like he's earned a lot of money in this industry, but he was just saying like, you know, the nose built my character. Right. And I started my business by just messaging. He messaged like 44 friends or something and 37 said no. And seven came back and all those seven people are multi-millionaires and he's a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. Right. But he said, you know, like he had to build some thick skin. Now, we know that this is a numbers game at heart, but we don't want to just treat every person like a number and just like, oh, well, next, oh, well, next, oh, well, next. And every no brings you closer to a yes. Well, every no brings you closer to a yes if you're learning and improving and refining the process. If you keep making the same mistakes, um, then every no just brings you closer to the next no because you just keep repeating the same thing. But what I want to talk about today is how do we reduce those no's? And especially when you're starting out, when you're learning, you know, maybe you don't quite have the posture that Jimmy has because Jimmy's earned 80, 90 million dollars. He's got pretty strong posture. He's got pretty thick skin, right? Pretty hard to tell him this thing doesn't work. Um, But, you know, in those early days, obviously, we want to get results as soon as possible and we want to help our people get results as soon as possible and the results help them build their posture results help them build their resilience and their resolve but at the start it can be very difficult and the nose can hurt so one of the the biggest things you know when i'm doing one-on-one coaching zooms mentoring calls all that kind of stuff one of the biggest questions i get all the time is how do i build my business faster you know, like I'm, I'm going along and it's sort of going, but I just, I want it to be faster. Like, and there's a urgency obviously. And I totally get that because that's, you know, one of my mantras is always like, well, you know, like to say it's not a marathon is like, it's, you know, like long-term, like we've got to have that long-term goal. Right. But we also want, I want freedom as soon as possible. Like I want to enjoy as much as my life as possible. I totally understand the long game as far as, you know, discipline in my investing and, and not spending all my money. But I also want to work as hard as I can to get as close to freedom as possible, as soon as possible, so I can enjoy it more. You know, that was always our mantra during the business build. But when we are talking about this, you know, how do we 
build our business faster. Like there's so many variables in a business build and there's so many things that are out of our control and we're, we're working with people, which is great. The greatest thing is we get to work with people and the biggest challenge is that we have to work with people, you know, and people are, people can be all over the place, you know, it can be like herding cats and people can feel overwhelmed. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, just focus on controlling the controllables. What are the things you can control and focus on them? And what are the things you can't control? You know what? Like you can lead a human to knowledge, but you can't make them think. You can show them the door, but if they're not going to walk through it, you can't control that, right? They can get the box delivered to their door. They can go to the event and get really excited, but you can't really control what they do after that. So really, what like what are the four things we can control when it comes to trying to grow our business and trying to grow our business faster? There's what we say. There's how often we say it. There's who we say it to. And then there's making sure our team can duplicate those systems you know that they can follow that process as well so we talked again in the last episode we talked about you know like using objections to make sure what we're saying is better you know improving our offer like you know overcoming objections within our offer all those sorts of things then we want to look at how do we okay how do we make sure that we're saying it as often as possible and that's where the beautiful leverage of social media comes in that you can use social media tools and stories and Facebook lives and that to get your story out to more people. And then we want to make sure that we are talking to the right people. Now, when I say the right people, I don't mean that if someone's not going to join your business, they're an idiot. I just mean that, you know, if someone doesn't join your business, there's there's going to be a few factors of it. But one of the biggest factors are, do they value what you're offering? And if people don't value what you're offering, then you could give it to them for free. They're not going to care. Like it's not about the price at that point. It's about the value. And if they don't value what you do, they're not going to join. It's just, that's just the reality. Then of course, can, you know, can we duplicate those processes? So I want to focus on that third one today, like making sure that we're talking to the right people that value the solutions that we have. And how can we do that? How can we do that simply? Make sure that we are talking to people who value our opportunity, our vehicle, our products, our program. Because remember, again, it's not we're not selling an opportunity. We're not selling products. We're selling a solution to a problem. Now, people are going to have problems in their life and some people are just going to vent about them and some people are going to go out and change them. You might remember sort of earlier around the start of this year, I did a podcast called like the parable of the dog. And, you know, if you haven't listened to it, you can go back. I think it was around January, February, the parable of the dog. So you've got the dog who's, you know, sitting there and they're kind of like whimpering every time someone goes past. And the man says, you know, why why is your dog whimpering? And the owner of the dog says, well, the seat that he's sleeping on, there's a little rusty nail and it sort of just pushes into his rib. And he's like, well, why doesn't he move? And he says, well, it's not annoying enough to make him move. It's annoying enough for him to whimper, but it's not annoying enough for him to move. And so a lot of times we're going to be talking to people and they're going to say, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough energy. I'm not happy with how I look. You know, I'm not happy with the bags under my eyes. I haven't had a holiday in forever. I don't see the kids enough. They're going to 
come up with these problems, right? And we're going to be like, oh my goodness, I have the most perfect solution for you. I have this product that will help with your energy. I have this system that will help with your weight. I have this program to help your skin. I have these ingredients that are going to help you sleep better and have this opportunity to help your business grow, to help you bring in an extra income, all that kind of stuff, to help you have more money, more holidays, more time with the kids, all that kind of stuff. And they're going to say no. And we're going to get really frustrated. It's going to be like, oh my goodness, like you just complained about not having energy and then I offered you this program for energy and you said no. And it's just like, ah, like, you know, and we want to, we want to bash our head against the wall, right? Like we, we get really frustrated and then we can take it personally. That no can become personal. Like, okay, well, did they just join? Did they not join because they don't like me kind of stuff? But what it is, is just you know, their environment or, you know, who they are as a person, whatever it is, they don't value the solution enough or they don't value the problem enough negatively to change. It's a problem in their life, but it's not painful enough for them to change. So what we want to do is before we offer, before we give our solution, before we offer them a vehicle, before we offer them the chance to change, we're going to ask a simple question. And by asking this simple question or variations of a simple question, basically, we're going to find out if they value it or not. Now, if they don't value it, I'm not going to tell them, you know, if they don't value the solution, it's like, you know, all right, well, they just, they're just venting. It's a kind of rusty nail in their, in their chest a little bit, but it hasn't actually kind of pierced the skin enough for them to go, oh, you know what? Actually, I should move. They're uncomfortable, but they're not in pain. So we're going to ask this, you know, really simple question and we're just, you know, hypothetical situation. Again, someone's there and they're talking about how they haven't had a holiday in a while. And it's like, you know what? How annoying is that to you? Is that something you're needing to change? Like, is that a 10 out of 10 problem in your life? Is that something you're vent like venting about or you're wanting to change? Is this something that you need to fix in your life within the next three to six months? Any sort of variation on that question, like you, you know, you just pick any of those that you like, you know, it's sort of like out of 10, how annoying is that? And some people are like, well, you know, I'm not sitting there with like, you know, a pen and paper, like out of 10, what would you say? It's just like, man, is that like, is that a 10 out of 10 problem in your life? Or is it, you know, like, does it bother you? How much does that bother you? Does other people are other people affected by this? You know, what does your wife think about it? What does your husband think about it? What do your kids think about it? Just asking them a simple question to really gauge how painful that problem is in their life, to really gauge if this is a discomfort or this is a pain. And if it's a pain, they want to move. If it's a discomfort, they won't. And it doesn't matter what you offer them. If it's only uncomfortable, they're not going to move from discomfort. People only move from pain. So what we need to do is just ask that simple question. So I've got, got a really great friend and he's, and he's one of my best, best friends, right? And, and obviously as, you know, one of my, my really close friends, they know exactly what we do. You know, they, they know very, very well what we do and, you know, we don't hide it obviously, like, and they, they're all, you know, supportive to that extent, but not supportive where they would ever join. And, you know, we've sat here and we've watched footy games together. We've gone away and done trips together. And, you know, he knows that my diet is a bit different to his. And, you know, I use certain products that he would never use, all that kind of stuff. But we would always train together and we trained together for years. And we were always, you know, fairly close, sort of kind of stuff. 
And then anyway, long story short was he went to Paris on a family trip four years ago now. I think it was about four years ago they went on a family trip to Paris. And of course, you know, beautiful Parisian food and, you know, the croissants and the wine and the cheese and, you know, just uh, not the healthiest food at times. And especially when you're overindulging on, you know, a lot of, I think he was eating croissants like seven times a day and drinking a lot of wine and having cheese in the evening, obviously came home and he'd put on a, you know, he'd put on a few kilos, right? And it was a bit lethargic because this huge trip, I think it was a, a kind of once in a lifetime trip and they went through London as well. There was plenty of beers in the pubs in London, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, he came back and he's just never recovered. Like he's just never got back to a point where, you know, he's like regularly at the gym and, and like shifted those holiday kilos that he put on. But it to him, it's just like whatever, you know, and it's, it's almost like a, a sort of just running joke within the gym of like how would... Leon's his name, you know, how would pre-Paris Leon take on this workout versus post-Paris Leon? Like, and he's, you know, like, so to him, it's just part of who he is now. It's like, you know what, had this family trip and whatever, like I'm, you know, carrying some extra weight, my energy is not as great, but you know what, whatever, it was for the kids, blah, blah, blah. Pre-Paris Leon would love that workout, post-Paris Leon, maybe not. You know, we were even ordering some new gym clothes the other day and he's like, yeah, pre-Paris Leon would love a medium, but like, let's be honest, I should probably get a larger, an extra large kind of stuff, like these gym clothes, right? So I could offer him anything in the world, health and wellness wise. It's just not that interesting to him because it's just not a pain in his life. Like it's, it's actually like, it's a bit of comedy and you know, he has the odd vent and then he comes over here and, you know, watches footy and like brings a, you know, big pack of chips and like, let's make some nachos kind of stuff for the footy game. Right. So, you know, it's, and it's great to have those friends. It's great to have those friends in your life that just keep you grounded and just keep you, you know, engaged in reality. Cause sometimes we can live in our own little bubbles a little bit too much. But just a perfect example where if we had met, you know, we had met recently and I was connecting and then he's like, oh yeah, you know, I really struggle with this workout. And I'm like, oh mate, well, I've got a solution for you. He's not going to be interested, right? And then there could be some negativity of like, well, no, give me a nasty no or something like that. All I've got to do is like, mate, you know, how long have you been struggling with this problem? How much of a problem is it in your life? And he's going to say, oh, mate, like I've had it for about four years since I went on this trip, but I really don't care about it. It's all a bit of a laugh, right? So straight away, I know that he's not someone who's going to value what I say. So I don't need to give him my offer. I don't need to share my story. I'm just like, cool, like, let's keep going. Let's keep working out. Now, the flip side, obviously, if I said, you know, how long have you been struggling with this? And he said, mate, I went to Paris four years ago and I have done everything since getting back. I've done like keto, I've done, you know, paleo, I've done this, I've done that, I've done intermittent fasting, I've tried like all these sorts of things and I have not been able to do it and it's so embarrassing and none of my work clothes fit and it's really expensive to buy all these work clothes and like it's really affecting me and I'm like I'm really like it's just it's been the worst like and I cannot shift this weight. There's a significantly higher chance of him saying yes at this point, right? But I needed to ask that question first. I needed to see if he was actually wanting to change or if he just venting or if it's just part of who he is. And unfortunately for some people, particularly their pain is part of who they are. And, you know, I remember a lot in business, you know, working back in my physio days and in my physio days, it was never really about the human body. It was about the human mind, you know, that we would always say like, you're going to treat physical injuries, but you're treating the emotions of the patient. 
And oftentimes you would work with chronic pain patients and you would actually do something to fix them. And then they would literally go out and self-sabotage to go back to where they were because that pain had become so much of their identity and you took it away from them. And it was almost now, and I'm again, I'm not saying everyone, I'm saying a lot of chronic pain patients, when you fix them, they were ecstatic and they were stoked and you changed their life. But you'd also have ones and you'd, and they'd come back in next week. And I remember one in particular, and he came back in next week. He's like, Matt, you know, I felt amazing. I haven't felt this good in like 20 or 30 years. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And he's like, yeah. So uh, I went and pulled the washing machine apart and, and like now I'm back together. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I realized like, you know, he, he went out of his way. Like, why else would you pull your washing machine apart except to kind of like, you know, bring yourself back to this identity that he'd held for 20 or 30 years. And part of it was that he only really left the house to, you know, the only reason he really left the house was for his appointments. And so he's like, well, if I don't have pain, there's no reason for me to come in for my appointments. Now I'm not going to socialize. And I'm, you know, there's a, there was a like huge psychosocial aspect to coming in and being in the house and just interacting with other people. So you're going to find that, especially with financial situations. And, you know, we're taught always like, you know, don't talk about money kind of stuff and, you know, sex, politics, money, like, you know, taboo, dinner topics, all that kind of stuff. But people are going to be struggling. And especially at the moment, the increased cost of living, the, you know, the, the tighter squeeze that's going on, you know, money is harder to access, interest rates are going up, inflation's going up, all that kind of stuff. You know, and I talk a lot of financial stuff on this podcast, but the reality is so many people are going to be complaining, but they're not going to be at a point where they're willing to change. Because really, if they're willing to change, they would have changed five years ago when the writing was on the wall. But everyone's just been sort of, you know, head in the sand for a little while. So you're going to sit there and someone's been like, you know what, I haven't had a holiday in a while. I haven't, you know, done this. I haven't done all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, is this something you're looking to fix or is this something that's just frustrating you? Because if you're looking to fix it, I, I'm, I have something that might be of interest to you. But if you just want, if you're just frustrated, then like, don't worry about it. Like, just, you know, keep telling me about it, you know, just sort of keep venting and I'll, I'll be here as a friend. And they're going to tell you, most people are just gonna be like, oh, you know, like, yeah, oh, well, that's just the world at the moment. And they, they, you know, they fob it off. Oh, well, it's just inflation. It's just the world. It's just the workplace. And I don't mind my job. It's not actually too bad. And, you know, we can blah, blah. And they'll sort of come up with all these excuses. And then, you know, at that point, there's no value in what you offer just because their mindset, you can't offer someone with a poor mindset, a financial opportunity, because they're not going to see the opportunity that someone with a rich mindset, with a wealth mindset, with an abundance mindset will see. You can't offer skincare to someone who just doesn't care about their skin. You can't offer health to someone who just doesn't care about their health. You know, the, the person down the road who's, you know, died is a coffee and a cigarette and you offer them a health program. It's, it's just not going to work because it's not something they value. So we can save so much time wrapping up today's topic. We can save so much time, but we can save so much hurt. We can save so much of the annoying, frustrating, hurtful, emotional no's by just looking in at the people that we are talking to. And is this someone who is going to value the solution I have? If I'm at the gym and there's someone and they've been going to the gym and you see them, you see them bust their self every single day, they're committed, they're going in and they're working hard and they're going to be more like interested in your healthcare product than the person who's like, you know, sitting outside on the bench, having a cigarette and, you know, a Red Bull 
and just sort of like whinging about how their sleep patterns are all over the place while they're having this highly caffeinated drink, right? It's like, well, let's find the people who value what we have. And we do that with a simple, mate, is this important to you? Is this something that you're frustrated with? How long have you been stuck here? How many other people are affected by this thing? You know, out of 10, like, is that is that a 10 out of 10 problem in your life? And if it's 10 out of 10 problem, the vehicles are relevant. Just get me the solution. I'll do whatever it takes. But if it's a 7 out of 10 problem, it's a 6 out of 10 problem, it's not that interesting. So the last thing I'd say, and, you know, personal experience, I said no to my sponsor for months, months and months and months. And what changed, what went from like an annoying frustration to an urgent issue was getting married because suddenly there was a, you know, suddenly there was a, a time frame. Suddenly there was like, I've got to fix this and I've got to fix this by X date. So it's not just like this annoying thing anymore. And then the second thing, again, we were like plugging along, we were using the products, but we weren't a distributor, we weren't an associate. And then Angie fell pregnant. And it was like, again, okay, all of a sudden, all of a sudden our whole financial outlook has changed as far as expenses, as far as Angie's work, as far as like this time zone, this this time like, you know, this, this time relevant goal in nine months time, everything's going to change. So it went from, you know what, it'd be nice to have some extra money, but whatever, to you no, know, we need to change how we're earning an income and we need to change it very, very soon because we've got about six months to fix this problem. And that was what took it from us saying no, 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 to being like, yes, and head diving, bomb diving in. The product didn't change. The company didn't change. The compensation plan didn't change. My sponsor didn't change. Like what they were saying to us didn't change, but we changed our mindset of whether we needed this or not, whether this was a bigger problem in our life changed. So think about that when you're thinking, when you're talking to people and before you jump in your offer, because we really want to jump in, we want to jump in and like, oh my goodness, let me tell you all about our amazing product and our science team and all the awards we've won and how great our compensation plan is and how many different levels and chains and all that kind of stuff it has. Just say, you know what? How big a problem is this in your life? And just see what they say. Just ask a simple question like that. How big a problem is this in your life? And like, oh mate, yeah, it's not really that big. Okay, cool. Or like, you know what? I would do anything. I would do anything for my children. I would do anything for my partner. I would do anything to change the situation I was in. All right, I may have something that's of interest to you. And then we go from there. So I hope that helps. Guys, I hope you got value out of today's episode as always. Hope it has helped. Hope it helps you on the pathway to financial freedom. Hope you get more yeses in your business this week. And by doing that then, and you can duplicate that through your team and get much more growth and much more explosion and get you much further down the pathway to financial freedom. Guys, hope you have an amazing week uh, and we'll catch you all for another podcast episode on Monday. See you soon. Thanks for listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing. Connect with Andrew on Instagram and Facebook at Andrew James Logan. For your seven-step system to financial freedom and other tools and resources to help you grow your business fast, go to www.andrewlogan.net. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Until next time, keep moving forward.